still working on the number twos. <laughs> I know that might be TMI, but that's where we're at. It's real life. Microdermabrasion? Have you what heard of that? this? No, no. Okay, sharing germs. Oh, and sure. especially in like this day and age, I'm not about that life. So <laughs> this guy. She's gonna I, I love you, boo, and I know you're gonna be like, you never drop this, but specifically watch- trash TV. Exactly. Yeah, like the Bravo. Like yeah. hit me with the Bravo. Like this, like the audience will come to learn. I am a huge nerd. I mean, <laughs> we do it for the gram all the time. Hey, Jay. Hey, Chris. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good now that we're here together. I know. Finally getting started. Had some technical difficulties tonight, but all is well. Diligence. <laughs> you worked through it. How's so. your week been? Um, it's been good. It's been um, a little crazy, mm-hmm. honestly, just at the house. And it life has just been really busy between, you know, responsibilities and all the side fun things that I'm trying to of get course. done. But um, actually, I can share my hot and cold. Go for it. Okay. So my hot is that we refinanced today on Ooh, our house. Yay. Super exciting. We are currently looking into that. Um, rates are really great. Mm-hmm. So we locked in. If everybody's like so nerdy, Kristen, why are you sharing this? But it is exciting when you spend money. Yeah. yeah. So it's a 3.125 hey. 30 year fixed. Um, so I'm excited, but it's mostly because we closed on the house in December mm-hmm. through a renovation loan, and renovation loans tend to be a whole percent higher than market value. That makes sense. So most people look to refinance after like that process closes with construction. And so that's where we were. It's just good timing for you. Really good timing. I felt like it was such a long time coming though, Mm -hmm. because between like the contractor and just having to close out that whole process and then, you know, locking in and then the rate actually expired before like the contractor signed papers. Mm. So then we had to wait a whole other 30 days. And I was like, I swear (laughs) if we miss this rate, I'm not going to be happy. And then it all ended up working out. Thank you. Right because the rate actually was lower than what we were locked into before. So that was exciting. That's Today awesome. we went and signed the papers and it is done, <laughs> done off deal. my list, check. So that was fun. Um, and then I guess my cold would be that we are dealing, Jay. <laughs> Jay. Tell the people. We are dealing with a fly infestation I in my pests. home. Here's the thing. Flies, I know it could be so much worse. Right. Like, it could be wasps in my home, which I'll yeah, tell we'll another story after this. <laughs> but um, there are flies. And I'm not talking, like, two flies that land on a piece of food and really mm-hmm. irritate you. I am talking between specifically the hours of 5.30 p.m. to 8 p.m. It's that specific. Very specific. We have about 20 to 30 flies that we will kill in our kitchen. Oh my gosh. They're in the coming kitchen. in from somewhere. Yeah. Because they're not upstairs. They're not in our room, which is a, a first floor And they're master. being born off of something, probably. Right. I'm like, where are they? So we called, finally, like, I, I'm just determined that mm-hmm. they're sneaking in from somewhere because it, this is just not normal. Right. So Brian called someone and we're having them come tomorrow, like, bright and early. Good. Paying that money, get it done. <laughs> Just get it knocked out. And we're going to try a one-time treatment and see if that works. If not, I'm signing up for a long-term treatment. And these are like regular flies. like these Not like flying like ants flies. or anything, but yeah. like house flies. House yeah, that's flies. so annoying. Because everybody They're knows so even gross. just one house fly is like Well, and then, you know, Joelle is like, 
she hates bugs. Mm. And so I she will that. go, <laughs> and point. So I'm like pointing like, at. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so we can't even eat dinner in peace because she'll be like. <laughs> I wouldn't be eating dinner. I'd be locked in a closet <laughs> trying to eat. I'd just. Well, and then ew. I'm like obsessive about it. So I'm swatting at things and mm. I just look like a crazy person. So yeah, I'm you're frustrated. Yeah. They're invading your space. And they just make you feel dirty. Yeah. Like, That's you don't why they call them pests. They pester you. Oh, I hate having bugs. Like, that is the one thing that makes me just not even want to be in my own home, which should never have to be that way. Right. But I'm I'll sorry let you know if this them. treatment works tomorrow. They're coming at 9 a.m. But on a side note, my mom today trapped a bug upstairs. Mm-hmm. And she texted Brian and she said, hey, there's this, like, really ugly looking bug. I trapped it for you, but please come up <laughs> and kill it. it. <laughs> and I was like, that's weird. Like, usually my mom will kill a spider. Yeah. Like, she's not just that. Just make it happen. Yeah, she's not that person where she wouldn't do it. So basically Brian gets sidetracked he never comes up my mom basically tells me at the end of the day hey don't worry I handled it and she shows me a picture she's like it's so ugly though it had like a (laughs) sack hanging from it and I'm like wait show me it was a wasp my mom was messing around with a wasp with my daughter nearby and didn't even know it I'm like Loretta I need you to start (laughs) learning the bugs (laughs) she pulled out the first name Loretta No, I don't. I mean, that's going to play into my cold as well. But Okay, well, oh hit me. Gosh. That's my so hot cold. My hot uh, comes off the back of, just this last week, my uh, mother-in-law was with us, and we're getting into family dynamics tonight. <laughs> so uh, it's nothing bad. It was just really good to have her around and yeah. see her spend time with the grandbabies. And also meant we got to focus on work, which, you know, I understand oh, yeah. the value of what you've got going on at home mm-hmm. because Courtney's doing teacher stuff this week. So it's just like, ah. Uh, wild yeah um so it was just really good to have her around my cold is also insect related in the fact that we have wasps all outside of our front door for no good reason and they've shown up in hordes now coming in oh yeah she's like i'm here and i'm like what are you doing and she's like there's a wasp there's a wasp (laughs) so y'all these wasps there was one or two there and i've cut the grass pretty consistently recently y'all know i've been back on track and one, one night I was out there, I was like, man, there's wasps everywhere. So I got one with my weed whacker. No big deal. Go back about your business. The next time I go out to cut the grass, which is the most time I spend outside, I see like two of them flying around and crawling up into like some side. And so I'm like, no, you're not yeah. building a nest over here when I have to put things in the kids in the car. Right. So I plug up the holes with some sealant or something. And I guess they've got little babies up there trapped or something. So don't feel bad for them. Don't you? No, 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 no. Don't even do the, ga- the gasp. <laughs> or this just primetime real estate up underneath my gutter in that siding because they keep trying to get underneath there. And so they fly around looking for another open spot. But I filled them all. And so now they just hang out. And they fly around. And that buzz past your ear will make you drop everything in your hand. Well, not only that, wasps are mean. Oh, yeah. They and they are. don't die after a sting. They keep coming no, back yeah, for more. They definitely do. So we were in the car, gosh, Sunday loading up to go uh, out for something and I had the one door open put Everett in uh, my son and then the other door was open ready for uh, Emerson to come out of the house mm-hmm. with Courtney and in that meantime I heard something buzz and it came through that back door thankfully his little cover was up right. and like buzzed around and so I like opened <laughs> I opened the sunroof and like jet out the car my poor son was left there but I was like if I open my door and the sunroof this thing will be out and just try to get out and it did and then I was like, no, I'm buying uh, Hornet wasp spray. And I did. And y'all, I felt so stupid because I tried to quote unquote pre-treat with the spray because I saw one and I was like, I'm just going to spray every place that you guys keep trying to go. 
but the spray dries and does not deter them. So I hit like two of them the next day and then I'm out of spray. So I need to go to the store and get spray. Yeah. All builds into my cold, but I don't like wasps. I don't like things crawling around in my house. No, I don't like bugs. Either. So yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm not about that life, honestly. We so and we have wasps too because uh-huh. there's something about like that brick and wood in like old oh, yeah. homes that just we're old home brick and wood. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I feel your pain. Yeah. No. I'll take my we're, we're flies over this wasps week. though because I just feel like they don't hurt me. They just annoy. No. Me. Yeah. I'll take the. I mean, I don't want any of it. Right. But if I had a choice, I don't want to get stung. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Oof. Okay, well, hopefully we all take care of this, yeah. and we can come back next week with Yeah, let y'all know that, hey, we're good. <laughs> it worked out. Right, but uh, this week, I kind of alluded to it, and if you guys are listening, you know that this week we're talking about family dynamics. Uh, what are our families' dynamics, mm-hmm. both our immediate families that we've just recently in recent history created, um, or our families with our siblings and our parents, or our in-laws, so... Yeah. Um, seeing how those things play into our lives and how they played into making us and what our families are like today versus maybe when we were younger. So yeah. if y'all are ready to sip on it, we're going to talk about what we're drinking today. I'm ready. So what do you drink? I mean, it's my go-to. I feel like I'm so boring <laughs> these days, but it's a Diet Coke with vanilla pumps. Y'all, she's just committed. I like the consistency. Thanks. I am. Because then I could get really excited when it is something different. <laughs> and it's not like every week, oh, I got to get excited because she's got a Frankenstein drink. I'll bring something fresh next week. Okay. How about that? Fair. Okay. Fair. I am drinking something new. I usually don't drink Mountain Dew, but it was on sale at Walmart and it's Mountain Dew Frostbite and it's got a shark on it. I guess that's for Shark Week. Oh. So, or it was for Shark Week. So um, it's very blueberry-ish. I'll give you guys the pop. Yeah. Oh, that was good. That is a good one. So, yeah, it's like really light blue and probably really bad for you, but we're going to drink really, it anyway. I really, really wanted to do Shark Week. Ooh, ha, ha. <laughs> shark Week. Ooh, <laughs> I know it's Shark Bait. Don't Shark don't Bait, who, who, bop, ba We're yeah. fighting Nemo fans. Yeah. So, let's get into it. Uh, we'll take a look at who our families are, really the background, and you guys have known this if you've been consistently listening, but maybe it'll put some things into more specific perspective. So... First, we're going to go over who makes and makes up who makes up our family um, and uh, get to how we got to today. So, Kristen, if you yeah. want to start off with your immediate family. Yeah. So, I mean, my immediate family unit, it's so funny because when I say that, I still go back to childhood and like oh, want to talk time. about my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, my family is my husband and my daughter immediately right (laughs) and um i think we all like know at this point my husband and i have been married you know for over five years now my daughter is a toddler so she just turned two actually um so that's my immediate family we live in a single family home in Mm -hmm. suburbs like five minutes if that from downtown cincinnati um it's a pretty like nice community good schools that's my family unit as it stands today. But my natural instinct is to talk about my family unit as I grew up. Good transition. And, well, I mean, it is. Yeah. It's just like how, how I think. But um, I actually grew up in a home, again, in the suburbs, east side of Columbus, um, with my mom and dad, who were married and are still married, a younger brother who is about four and a half years younger than me, and then my grandparents who lived immediately around the corner. And I say that... And it's, like, literally, guys, physically yeah. five houses away. So we couldn't so see their backyard, but I was there in a minute, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, it was really nice. I always like to say that my grandma kind of, like, respected boundaries without even 
even having to be told about them. Um, I never felt like my grandma just popped in. She was very hands-on in the sense of it was a village that I think really helped raise my brother and I, Mm -hmm. meaning my grandma and grandpa played a huge role because my parents were both working parents and were very career-oriented, and I loved seeing that from them. Um, But because of that, you know, childcare becomes a thing, and how are you going to navigate schedules? And my grandparents really stepped up from a very young age to say, we're here to help. So my grandma actually watched me until I was about two, maybe three, Mm full-time. And then my mom put me into some daycare. And then when my brother came along, she did the same thing for him for a little period of time, and then he went into daycare as well. But growing up, I would always go over to their house in the morning for breakfast. I would come back after school. I remember my grandpa taking me to a lot of activities, dropping me off at kindergarten. I mean, they played a huge role in my everyday life. Um, So, you know, I know I say it all the time, but, like, I really feel like they shaped me as well, obviously, Mm -hmm. as my parents. (laughs) But they, you know, it's just different seeing an older generation and being so close to that older generation, I think, too. Um, so I guess in a nutshell, that was my family dynamic. I'm mm-hmm. sure there's so much more that we'll unpack later, but yeah, what yeah. about you? For now, um, yeah, I'll go through my immediate family. So it's myself and Courtney, my wife, and you guys know that we are been married for just a little bit over two years, and we have uh, some young ones, less than a year old uh, twins, which is just still wild to think about. Um, but that's my immediate family, and so my family that I grew up in, and even in trying to figure out what we were going to talk about that's all I could go back to and I tried to think about like man when I say our family or your family I'm really talking about (laughs) the family that you grew up in Mm -hmm. and because we're not we haven't really done anything too much but it still impacts anyway um so my family consisted of my grandmother and my grandfather um and my mother my mother's sister and brother and then me, my twin sister, Jayla, um, and then I've got two cousins who are the sons of my mom's sister. And then I had a younger sibling, Jonathan, um, and then, of course, my little sister, Julia. So um, for my mom's kids, total of four. For my aunt Melody's kids, a total of two. And then I've got my uncle Marlon, who you guys have heard has cerebral palsy. And then I've also got my great aunt, so my grandmother's sister, who is essentially been just like a regular aunt, because mm-hmm. the age differences weren't like, they were big, but it wasn't like, a, oh, she's married and comes over to see us. Like, no, she, I remember her going to prom, and we were like younger and watching her go to prom. Yeah, so yeah. Um, my aunt was really my great aunt, <laughs> and it took me the longest time to realize that it's not just Aunt Tootsie, it's great Aunt Tootsie, but we just call her Aunt Tootsie. Yeah. Love her to death. Um, so yeah, that's, that's pretty much what made up. Were you all in the same home? So at different times, yes. So early on when we were younger, um, and we'll get more into this at different times, we all occupied the same home, but then obviously after my grandfather passed away, there was one less person there, people coming and going between my mom and my mom's sister, Uncle Marlon at some point in time didn't live with us. But as far as the kids and grandma went, that was probably the consistent. So at least five to six people would yeah. be in our house throughout the week if yeah. you count my great aunt but it's, she didn't live with us she lives by herself that see like when i hear that it just feels like such a bigger family dynamic just mm-hmm. because of all the connection points there i would honestly say that um i grew up in what i consider a very small family and i say that and i know that maybe it's not as small as i i picture it mm-hmm. but I've always pictured my direct family unit as my mom, my dad, my brother, 
and my my grandparents on my mom's side my mom's parents I obviously I had grandparents on Mm -hmm. my dad's side who actually lived in the same city that we lived I didn't know that yeah um I would say though that I wasn't as close to them I mean I think it's honestly pretty valid to say that however I don't really know why I mean I have some assumptions you know my my dad was very independent from a very young age. Right. Um, he went off to the Navy when he was 17, 18, and was expected to, you know, fend for himself at that age. I don't know if there was ne- necessarily a nurturing father figure dynamic, gotcha. which is really interesting because my dad is very nurturing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's um, not a cold, no. militaristic kind of guy. No, he is. Um, and I feel like that's probably how he was raised. I think mm-hmm. now my grandma on that side, I think, was very loving to him. And his dad traveled throughout the week when he was growing up. His brother was seven years older than him. So there was a big age difference there. I think it's about seven. Um so, you know, I when I was young, I felt like I was around my uncle on that side and my cousins a lot because we were all in that same city. Mm-hmm. But I think just as life happened, um, things just shifted. And I don't necessarily know why. I mean, I have really good memories with especially my girl cousins mm-hmm. growing up. And then I feel like by time like seven and eight hit, something just happened, I think, maybe with their family that they were dealing with where this distance grew between us. Um, I'm lucky in the sense that I feel a little bit reconnected with them now that I'm older. Yeah, but which is it's, typically a thing with cousins and stuff. Yeah, so. but I would say it's not how it used to be. And I know, right. you know, my dad struggles probably with that too. Because mm. again, my dad is very nurturing. He's very loving. And I don't know if he necessarily always felt like he got that growing up. And some of these are assumptions, some I know. Um And so I would say, you know, for me, my dad probably feels really close to my grandparents, too, my mom's parents. Mm -hmm. And I think he feels like he's a son to them as well. I mean, they've been married, you know, (laughs) a long time, over 35 (laughs) years. So I feel like that actually probably happens. (laughs) But, you know, my dad steps in like he is a son for them. He takes care of them. He grocery shops with and for them. Um, So in that way, I feel like, I've always pictured my family unit very small. Mm-hmm. My mom also has a sister, but she lives in North Carolina. Gotcha. And I felt like she never was necessarily playing a role where she honestly really wanted to be overly involved. Um, so, again, like, there is more family, mm-hmm. but I don't... Yeah, not the same connection, I don't cons- right? Yeah, yeah, it's hard, right? No, and it's interesting because as you were talking and talking about, like, your dad's dynamic and the grandparents there, I've noticed just as the son-in-law and now the 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 kid married to the kid that provides the only grandchildren that the relationship through the um the female i guess their female's parents in the relationship is typically the strongest between like grandparents and down and or my in-laws mm-hmm. same way um at least with me I specifically too. Yeah. yeah and i and i think it has and i'm you know i'm no expert here uh <laughs> we we claim that regularly but i think it has a lot to do with like how we you know as guys have to court and build the relationship and we're not always doing the pursuing but mm-hmm. we're coming into we're actively most times coming into someone else's situation so getting to know the parents is typically a big step if you are that kind of person who um, has respect and want to ask 
the the bride's father right. for permission to yeah, to marry I didn't your ask daughter. Parents. <laughs> right. Like yeah, you're not asking his mom yeah. So like stuff like that yeah. just makes it seem right way. Like I notice it now even just in like the short existence that my kids have been alive that my wife has an, a, a fine relationship with my sister and my mother and stuff, although she was swore that she was afraid of her early on in our relationship. I think she figured it out. Um but I know that I definitely have a strong relationship with her parents. Mm-hmm tenfold like 100 percent. like we could go out we can go do whatever like we talk and have conversations pretty candidly like i don't know if it's just like also who i am Mm -hmm. and i see that a lot within the people that i know but typically it's you know the wife's parents that has the strong relationship yeah out of the two that are married and then also with the grandkids too you probably notice it's just it's just something that's different yeah and i also like going back to that grandparent dynamic that i touched on you know with my grandparents on my dad's side Mm -hmm. There were three kids before my parents had me and being the oldest. So like my uncle had three kids before I even came along. But I always kind of felt like they were the favorite. They favored those kids. And I mean, if my cousins are listening, good for you. Like I'm I'm really not, like I don't have hard feelings about it. But it took me a minute to kind of like process that as a kid because I felt it. I felt Mm -hmm. it at a young age and that, you know, is something now that I, I know has shaped me mm-hmm. um, and just, you know, who I consider a close relationship, what that looks like to me. Right. Um, but, you know, there I do have good memories with them as a kid. I just felt like there was this separation both from just from that side of the family in general. No. Like, I remember my, my grandpa would come by and, like, want to take me to Jolly Pirates, like, at the corner. It's an amazing yeah, donut, donut place. Yeah. <laughs> I told you about it when you came to Yeah, we town. went. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Um, So, you know, like, he would take me there and, like, have fun outings. I remember, like, my grandma would want to hang out at the house longer and, like, not want to leave. But I – it – it just was not that same warmness that I got from my grandparents on my mom's side. No, that makes sense. And to preface, my grandmother that I lived with was my mom's mom. Mm -hmm. So, here it keeps going. Yeah. Um, But as we talk more about our families and, like, what we come from, uh, did you always feel like you saw, like, strong relationships within your family? Yes. I would say that I did. Especially my parents. I always felt like my parents were a unit. Mm -hmm. Um, And I still use that terminology with Brian and me. I like to think that we're a unit. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I, I definitely saw a strong marriage there. I remember this story when I was little. I was probably about seven and it was the first time I saw divorce play out at school mm-hmm. and I, I like I have this very vivid memory Jay it's so weird but my parents were arguing and you know when you're a kid you make it so much bigger than it is oh, yeah. so like I remember them like yelling I doubt they were yelling but I remember that they were like kind of like picking at each other in the kitchen and I ran to my room and I was sitting on my little mermaid comforter in the corner next to my armoire <laughs> And I like curled up and I was crying and I heard my mom looking for me and she was like yelling my name, but I wasn't responding because I wanted them to come find me. And (laughs) I was crying in the corner and I said, I don't want you guys to get divorced. And I remember my mom saying, oh, honey, you don't have to worry about that. We're stuck together. And it was like almost like this reassuring like, oh, that's never going to happen. Like they're not going to let that happen. So I felt like I always knew my parents you know, were real in the sense that, you know, no relationship is perfect. And I felt like they were really good at showing that, but also showing that you move on, you love each other and you're still together and you have a family. Um, My grandparents, the same way. I honestly can say I've only seen them go back and forth at each other maybe one time. Wow. 
I know, and I was around them a lot. So, <laughs> and I remember it because it was over a map, a darn map, and like I rem- a physical map. Yeah, and I remember my grandma throwing a paper map at, <laughs> at my grandpa, and he like walked out of the garage, and he's like, "We're just gonna give her a minute," and like he kept walking. <laughs> but I always felt like I, I never questioned that relationship yeah, either. Yeah, yeah. You know, no so, reasons for doubt to come up out of that. Yeah, so I think you know, in the most part, now I will say there's like some extended family that I've probably touched on before where I don't know if I necessarily felt that same thing i mean there was divorce definitely Mm -hmm. in some of my uncles and um aunt like relationships but um and i would say my grandparents i always felt like my grandma on my mom's side was definitely the the ruler of the home she was the neck that turned the head Mm -hmm. like she would probably make my grandpa feel like he had a say but ultimately renee's making that decision (laughs) yeah um i would say my grandparents on my dad's side felt a little male domineering and not in always the most positive way Mm. um so i i didn't love that as much and again it's probably because i came from a home where both the parents were equal i saw you know my dad equally doing house chores both of them making Mm -hmm. an income kind of like being the breadwinners equally right so i think that might have played into it too but no that's interesting um hmm that's I, yeah. I still can't get over the grandparents thing. I know. So yeah. what about you um, For mean, me, I mean, gosh, I think even trying to define the strong relationships piece is kind of interesting. just weird for me because although I had what most people would consider a large family, there's such a huge age gap in between my uh, aunts and uncles, so my grandmother's children, um, and then even my mom. But starting from the top of the family, my grandparents, um, my mom's dad was not my grandfather that I knew growing up. So I actually got to know my, I guess he wouldn't be like a step-grandfather. I don't know the talk of the term, y'all. Anyway, my mom's dad. Um, got to know him probably when I was in, you know, I was probably like 10 or 11 or 12. Mm-hmm. He had moved back up from Tennessee. And there wasn't like any real bad blood or anything there. Um, even after that being well after my grandfather that I knew and lived with passed away, like my grandmother was like, it should, it'd be good for you to have mm-hmm. some male relationship there that you don't see often. So um, I don't remember when that quite happened, but obviously we weren't anywhere around or thought about. Uh, my grandmother met uh, my grandfather, Melvin, and uh, my mom was just a toddler, I think, at the time. So uh, my Aunt Melody and then my Uncle Marlon were both their mm-hmm. kids that they had together. Um, so he passed away in 2002. So, I mean, from the time that I was in about second grade, I got to see their relationship and not like always on full display because he worked for um, here in Cincinnati, the Hamilton County Sheriff's Department. Um, so he worked a lot of weird hours just working in law enforcement. But every vacation I remember having before we just stopped having vacations for like that six to ten years, um, you know the pictures I see it was always him um see lots of pictures of us when we were little with him but um not a whole lot that I remember after him passing away not that it's you know in the back of the mind but we were just so young with most of those rich uh, memories so um always heard my grandmother talk about how much she loved him and how well he took Mm -hmm. care of her and all these other things so (coughs) through that yeah communication about him and open communication and just hearing the example and hearing the affirmation of love even when he wasn't Mm -hmm. there Mm -hmm gave enough of a sense of I want that yeah um that's something to want um in my case did not know who my dad was I haven't ever met him I know his name and that's pretty much it I'm not really interested in in knowing him but um my mom never married um she had a boyfriend here and there but she never married 
um neither did um either well my aunt didn't marry but she got divorced um and that's more recent history than not and then my uncle of course never married with him living at home with cerebral palsy um but between the three of them my mom had me and my sister when she was in jail um so we were born somewhere near some correctional facilities up near columbus Mm. uh so my grandparents coming to get us um through that whole process and us living with them is how that kind of got started um, I remember visiting my mom. It was either for like a second of things. Sorry, oh, were ahead. your grandparents super welcoming throughout that process? Do you know oh, yeah, like, there was what no they res- went through? Like, I know that it was not my grandma's ideal world to right. want to raise kids after she raised three. Um, and then having to deal with the, the mm-hmm. effects of those children and what they were making decisions but she on. But right in, man. She did. Um, but I also know like a lot of the times she reminded us, I've already done this. I, I don't have to do this. Yeah. And it was like a sober reminder of like, yeah, I get that. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you for yeah. the sacrifices that you yeah. make in your twilight years. Um, but no, I remember distinctly a memory probably when I was in fourth fourth or fifth grade going to visit my mom. Um, and I can't remember. It's muggy. I can't remember if she was out and then went back or she was then just in there continually through that. But we went and visited her with my grandmother. And this was well after my grandfather passed away. And I remember having a little wallet size photo taken with her at the uh prison there because we me and my sister had on these weird jean jackets and i had this stupid smile on my face i'll never forget it um but being in like a visitor's section of a correctional facility is just kind of weird to see your mom and she would write us letters and stuff like that and um so we we knew of her we knew she was our mom she went on vacations with us when we were younger so i do really think even though i don't remember a lot of that she was around and then Mm -hmm. for some reason went Mm -hmm. back um, but she was a kid who took care of her parents and stuff. So she wasn't like just fully walling out or anything like that. My mom, even up until my grandmother passed away, was always around taking care of things. So, yeah. um, as far as my aunt and my uncle went, my uncle having cerebral palsy and stuff, he just worked at Kroger, got the Metro access bus home. Um, he, he was pretty well aware of things that he could do and couldn't do. He was physically limited, but he wasn't, um, challenged in any decision making or anything like that um he liked clothes he liked going to um uh, uh these like like uh parties and balls and stuff that my grandparents would go to with their like you know it's there's a whole world there y'all yeah. that i could get into yeah. which I, I just have to take a whole episode to talk about um uh, but he liked going to those things and stuff like that um but he had met a girl through when he was a bagger at kroger um who showed interest in him and i'm she took advantage of a situation mm-hmm. essentially so it got to the point where Again, well after my grandfather passed away, um, he decided he wanted to move out and move with her. And um, she was taking his money, picking him up from work, all this other stuff. When he usually rode that uh, access bus home or we picked him up. Mm-hmm. Um, he had gotten fired, I think, from one Kroger, but was able to work at a different one. And she messed that up there. And we didn't, we didn't see him for like... I think maybe two years. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. Like, he would call randomly or they would drive by for something. Like, but he was in terrible health. Like, he, skin and bones, all the clothes that he had, he didn't have any more. Um, he had lost his job with Kroger. I mean, she really just took advantage of him. I mean, she had kids and stuff. And yeah. Just not a good living situation. Um, and I remember his caseworker and stuff getting involved because she just tried to get him to change mm-hmm. his name on stuff. I'm sure she took advantage of him from like a loans perspective or right. something. Not that he made a lot of money, but compared to what she had, probably right. not a lot. Um, and then my aunt Melody, um, she's the youngest of my grandmother's children um, and probably the closest in age to me and my sister. So again, we remember seeing her 
go to like her high school prom and she went to the school of creative and performing arts at at downtown Cincinnati. Um, so she was big into music and plays and stuff like that. So I remember like us going to a costume store in Sharonville, my grandmother with some of her friends to help them pick stuff out for some big thing that they were doing at the air and off and all this other kind of stuff. So funny what sticks out. It it really does. Mm -hmm. It really does. So we got the older sister vibe out of her and she was the one who typically watched us a lot of the time, but then she also got into some trouble where she spent some time away. Um, and then having my oldest youngest cousin, my (laughs) oldest younger cousin who they're just brothers to me at this point, younger brothers. Um, his dad um they had him and then she left and then my grandmother ended up keeping him and then she met another guy had a different kid and this was right after um my mom lost my younger brother jonathan who Mm -hmm. passed away um and then he came on the scene and she was gone again so grandma's taking care of four kids now and then my mom went back again for something else and during that time is when she had my youngest sister julia julia was also born in a correctional facility um and during that time um, she had complications in birth. She had C-sections with all of her kids up to Julia. And for whatever reason, they did not grant her the option to have a C-section and forced a vaginal birth. And she was trapped in the birth canal and ended up having bleeding on the brain. So that caused a lot of physical and cognitive issues for her. She had a lot of health problems. Like while my mom was still um, away, I remember it was pretty much just my grandma. Um, of course, her sister would come around and help with things. But my grandma, me and Jayla, Jureen and Julius, my two cousins. And then one day it's like, your mom had a baby. And we went and got that baby. And then it was like, this is Julia. And then I'm, I can't remember if she had something. And we went to an emergency room at Children's or paramedics came. But she was having trouble breathing. And then all these issues started to arise, finding out mm-hmm. what, what had happened during the birthing process. So she spent... A good chunk of her first year and a half in children's hospital um in a NICU so pretty much grandma was at the hospital and then she would drop us off to school come pick us up from school we would spend most of the afternoon and evening at children's hospital until she got moved out of um the NICU or whatever the most intensive care mm-hmm. place is mm-hmm. down there um, but I got really comfortable with playing Spyro and some other things on that Nintendo 64 at the hospital because they yeah. brought, like, a game card around for family members and stuff. So, but. but, Jay, like, with all of this, like, there's so many moving parts to I this. know. It's a lot. And How it, did you process it, though, at that oh age? Oh, my gosh. It was – I don't know if I always processed it right away because everything was always kind of rolling. But, again, you know, growing up fast because then it wasn't just – you know, we come home and do our homework, but now it's like making sure the preschooler did his is taken care mm-hmm. of and doing his stuff. I mean, they were both, I think Jerry and Julius are maybe three years apart between them. So one wasn't in school and with grandma most of the time. The other one was in kindergarten and then first grade. So helping take care of them so she could focus on stuff with the hospital and all in all, there's a revolving door between my aunts and uncles coming back mm-hmm. in, not in a negative way mm-hmm. that, you know, they wised up and got right about things, but all in all, to answer the question of strong relationships, there was so much that came and went and came and went. There was never a good opportunity to see that on display anywhere outside of my grandmother. Yeah. Um, even my aunt, my great aunt, um, she was divorced, I think, when we were like really, really young. Um, mm-hmm. So she's always been single from what I've 
from what I've seen, she's had love interest here and there. But do you think that shaped your view on like marriage and relationships, or do you think Mm. like because of that you wanted something different, or do you think it was really like your involvement with the church? I know shaped you a lot too. Yeah, I think it's a fair part of all of it. Um, I never felt like there was a point where I did. I I knew that I desperately wanted normal family life because we didn't really have normal family life. Mm -hmm. Like we did not have game nights and. I mean, we had family that came over for, like, Christmas dinner and Thanksgiving dinner, but once people ate, we've all just kind of, like, what our separate ways in the house. There was no, like, yeah. games had or right. group family time. I spent a lot of time with my grandmother just, like, watching movies and stuff, but I got really hooked on um, the true big family feel, like, the active big family feel through my best friend's family, mm-hmm. also through church. Um, so my best friend's the pastor's kid. And he's the youngest of seven. So his brothers and sisters that are older than him had already ha- already had kids. And I think one of them at this point has eight. Um, and it's just like a truly big family. And I mm-hmm. s- saw all of them through church and things like that. And spending time with him, I just kind of got adopted into the family, yeah. so to speak. So um, seeing the their get-togethers around Thanksgiving. And I go to the family Christmas. Uh, right. That happens at brother, uh, his older brother's house every year and on and on and on down the line. Made me crave that. So it got to the point where they would celebrate at the basement of the church because it was the biggest place to have them. And the church is five houses down from my house. So after, after a while, it got to the point where Thanksgiving, my family always ate early and then just relaxed throughout the evening, never did anything, maybe mm-hmm. played pokino or something like yeah, that but yeah. it, it was short-lived before people were sleeping um <laughs> so coma. literally about six o'clock knowing that they ate around regular dinner time i would go down there have like my second thanksgiving dinner and they're playing like board games and all this other stuff so like nice. those kind of things help shape what i wanted not just activity wise but um not having to deal with some of the drama not mm-hmm. having to deal with some of the back and forth um there's just a lot of things that stick out about early life that I know definitely helped shape some things, but also made sense for the context in which what I had to go through. Yeah, and I think, too, you know, something that I always wonder is you have a relationship with your mother. I mean, like, I oh, have yeah. seen yeah. that, you yeah. know, play out, especially, like, you know, just in the time that I've known you. Mm-hmm. But and maybe this is an assumption. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. But that had to be a process to get oh, there. Yeah. Like, that I, had to be a building. I do remember, uh, I guess it's when she came back home before my younger sister Julia was born um she had gotten to she obviously knew my younger cousins at that point well my one younger cousin and um she really clung to him just him being younger and stuff and I remember her coming home I don't know if we were just at the house with my great aunt until she got back while my grandmother went and picked her up or whatever but it was first time seeing her since like that picture and all that other stuff um, and I remember her, like, hugging him and seeing him and all this other stuff. And I remember going to my grandmother's room, throwing myself on that bed and, like, crying. Because I was like, your actual kid's here. And, like, mm-hmm. I mean, I just, you know, I'm emotional, don't understand. I took it way too personal than I ever should have. Um, but oh, I always felt that she had no, no, no. Well, no. Validate I, yourself. Well, I, yes and no. Because I, it was genuinely just because he ran out of the door and went and saw yeah, her. So like I'm in house. Kid. You can't right, right. Hindsight twenty twenty. Yeah. 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 Hindsight twenty twenty. Okay. So I didn't want it to make it seem like it was facetious or anything like that. Yeah, no. But uh no, I just remember that. I always felt like she had like a, a stronger affinity with them. But you know, as an adult I see that, you know, those were the ages where she wasn't around for us. So there being kids in the house that are that age, she naturally, you know, Mm-hmm. without saying it took advantage of those opportunities mm-hmm. um she has custody of those two cousins now because mm-hmm. my aunt isn't involved in their life anymore so 
um those things all work themselves out uh for good for mm-hmm. sure but um Your all those things was such a strong woman I oh just my have gosh to say that yeah she was you y'all that and it's like for her to jump in and just be like all right yeah i'm gonna you know i'm gonna take care of these kids like they're mine yeah. now she's in retired life for sure um but we didn't i mean we had some hard times where it was like i remember us going to like um like the free store food bank we pretty much always got turkey every year from there um there was a place there's like a catholic church up the road that had a pantry that we would go to wait is it Saint Therese or something because I, no I drove idea. by it on the way here okay anyways oh I have no idea it might okay. be yeah um but I remember going there a handful of times because I mean she's taking care of us off of um you know retirement money mm-hmm. essentially mm-hmm. um she Such taught special education yeah she retired. taught special education for a long time but I think there was something that worked out money wise through my grandfather's pension that she had an option there but still not yeah. a lot of money not right. a lot of options outside of that and um, a lot of people to take care of yeah and i mean we were still managing to be able to go to a private school through all that mm-hmm. um i know we got help being able to do that but it was there um and just a lot of things that we didn't have um more yeah. than anything so yeah it definitely molded a lot wow yeah so as heavy as that is um, and we haven't really even gone down the rabbit hole on a lot of it. Um, I think it makes sense to kind of shift toward the in-laws perspective of it. Cause we have people in our lives that we're married to. Yeah. Um, and we've got a second family on top of, you know, mother's side and dad's side. So, uh, what makes up Brian's side of the family? I kind of know, but yeah. you can let the listeners know. Um, so my husband's side of the family is... I should also say, like a little backstory, is I, my grandmother is also from France. So, and this is going to play out because I feel like it's a huge connection point for me and my husband. But my grandmother actually grew up in Nazi-occupied France. That still always blows my mind. Yeah, and um, my grandpa is eight years older than her. So, um, she lived, obviously, through a horrible time. Um, very strong woman. She met my grandfather. I think this story goes a little something like she worked at this phone company. He paid the bill. They met. They danced. They really didn't speak the same language, but the dance floor helped them. <laughs> and then they fell in love. Right. Um, and had, you know, my aunt, the oldest of three kids. I would say that, you know, their strength, like just having lived through all of that and being my grandpa was in the military. He was stationed in multiple places. My mom bopped around. Um, as a kid until she landed in Reynoldsburg when she was in sixth grade, mm-hmm. which is where she also met my dad. Um, they didn't like each other, P.S., until, like, way, like, after <laughs> high school. Like, yeah. actually really didn't like each other. But, um, no, I just, you know, all of that kind of shaped that side of the family. Right. And then I would um, I would also say that my my grandparents my in my mom they lost their daughter my mom lost her sister when mm. my mom was i think around like 20 maybe mm-hmm. 21 um and her name was Brenda and i'm actually named after her i feel a huge connection to her i obviously never met her but um that also very much shaped the family if i were you know a therapist i would say that my aunt kind of decided to separate herself it was so much grief so much pain right. obviously my grandparents were going through so much with that it was a carbon monoxide poisoning in a car like it was just such a fluke that like she passed away and um my mom actually kind of like blacked out for like a whole year she does not like have many memories until actually my dad and her started dating and he kind of like started Mm -hmm. to bring her out of that grief um 
But I think a lot of that kind of shaped like how my parents raised me. Mm-hmm. You know, there was expectations. My, my To this day, my mom does not like people driving at night because her, I think it's because mm-hmm. her sister passed at night in a car. Um, so like I, I was brought up in a very strict household. There right. were expectations that I was held to. I like to tell the story that my dad put me on quote unquote house arrest for <laughs> six months because I didn't have a 3.5 GPA and darn it, he knew I could have a 3.5 right. GPA. In reality, he didn't like maybe a friend that I was starting to like interact mm-hmm. with more and he was trying to reel that in. He should have just told me though, because I would have respected it. No, but like that was kind of, you know, I was not allowed to be out even as a senior really mm-hmm. past like 10. Right. It was like, where are you? You should be home. Um, at the time, I thought it was like really unreasonable. I kind of get it now that I'm an adult mm-hmm. and able to see it from a bigger picture perspective. Like, what good is really happening after an 11 o'clock on a Saturday yeah, for nothing. a high schooler? Um, so anyways, I just felt like that was important to share because yeah, I still feel like that very much shapes how I operate and how I think and just how a lot of those dynamics have played out. And quite frankly, like why I feel so connected to mm-hmm. a lot of the things that my grandparents have gone through. So anyways, I'm named after Brenda. I have her middle name, so hmm. I feel very connected to that. I say yeah. she's my guardian angel, but uh, anywho. So my back to the European thing, my husband's family, his dad, his parents, his grandparents, I guess, were from Italy. Mm-hmm. So uh, my father-in-law was <laughs> actually born from two Italian parents in Canada. Um, and my husband's... I think the A gets a little weird there. Is it like a Canadian A or is it an Italian <laughs> A? Yeah, oh, I know, right. exactly. <laughs> um, no, so my my so Brian's grandfather mm. was in the war, obviously on the like quote unquote not good side, right for mm. us Americans because right. he was Italian. He was taken prisoner of war wow. for I want to say, and like my father in law will correct me if I'm wrong, but I want to say it was a really long time, somewhere between six to eight years, like mm. very long time. Um, he was, you know, in Europe somewhere as prisoner of war and then actually opted to go to Australia as a POW, which is where he was then kind of saved once the war was over and he came back to Italy. And he felt like his home country wasn't respecting, you know, what he had done, what he had gone through. Um, he got like a I, I want to say almost like a pension for like his service and like the years that he was prisoner, but because of inflation, it didn't get him anywhere. And so he was just, you know, he was upset. He had he had gone through a lot, and he's like, you know what, we're leaving. If they if they can't respect me, no, here, I mean that makes the most sense. I'm gonna go to America where dreams happen. Right. Was kind of his mentality, and so he and moved his he <laughs> yeah he moved his family. Um, he was working in New York City, I believe, and then. My father-in-law was born in Canada, but my my father-in-law has three siblings, all girls. So a lot of my husband's side is very Italian. Mm-hmm. I like to joke <laughs> that if you go to like a big family gathering, which is like, you know, a wedding or like a funeral, you're going to see a lot of like Carlos and Leos and Georges. And you're like, mm. guess one of those three names and you're probably right. <laughs> and they're going to wear a gold chain with a little bit of a button down, a little maybe chest hair, but a nice suit and some brush back right. flow, you know, on the on the hair. 
But that <laughs> That's is, gotta be fun though. It is like very authentic. And mm-hmm. so Brian and I resonated on that level because we both very much felt connected to our European roots. Like yeah. I always knew my family. And they're not in far off either. It's not like you guys dig no. deep into a family yeah, history to exactly. get to that. Exactly. It's right there, right? right? Like with our grandparents. And so um and then Brian's mom is Southern. Mm-hmm. So uh, my father-in-law actually met her when he was like working on his sister's house in the South when like she moved there and um, met my mother-in-law. And that's how they kind of like started their relationship long distance. And then he decided, mm-hmm. why am I doing long distance? I want to be with her. So we're going to make it work. Um, but Brian's family started in New York. Mm-hmm. So Brian actually lived in New York until I want to say he was about six. And he remembers very much his grandmother on his dad's side. We're flopping. Yeah, yeah. Grandmother on his dad's side playing a huge role. And I think for some amount of time, she actually lived with them. I don't know if that's when mm-hmm. Brian was born because he's a lot younger than his other two siblings. But he had a very deep connection with his grandma, Baldini. Mm-hmm. He never met his grandpa because he passed before Brian was born. I want to say like right before. Mm-hmm. But I know that Brian feels super connected to his grandfather on that side because he gets told a lot that he resembles him. And he had that strong relationship there, too. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's interesting. So we have that European play. Mm -hmm. And then with my mother-in-law being Southern, that's very different than either what I'm used to or, you know, I think really Brian's dad was ever mm-hmm. used to. I would so have never thought she's dynamic. Southern after, like, knowing who she is. Like, I will but say, I mean, it makes sense. I feel like yeah. my mother-in-law did a really good job at incorporating, and maybe it was just because what she was around, but I feel like she really took on the Italian side she a lot, did. too. You would never know, like, right. talking to her. Like, I just assumed that they had met New York or yeah. something like that. No, yeah. I know. Nope. Wild. Nope. So, but they lived there for a while. Then they li- lived in um, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. So Brian lived until he was in eighth grade in North Carolina and then finished out eighth through 12th in Louisville. So he kind of, I didn't even know he lived in North Carolina. Yeah. And all of this, I'm trying to figure out how the heck, Brian, did you end up a Braves fan? Well, because of North Carolina, it's Braves country. He says, and his grandparents um, on his mom's side were huge Braves fans. And that was something that he felt connected to them with. That makes sense. They would watch the Braves games. New York, I could see it being a Yankee. (laughs) Toronto, you know. Oh, yeah, he'll never be a Yankee. He won't be a Yankee. I could see it. Um, Yeah, so, and so then his siblings, right? He has two Mm -hmm. older siblings. So my in-law family felt much larger when I came into it because his siblings were married. Yeah. (laughs) By the time I was even being introduced. Um. So I guess that's like the overall dynamic. You know, my in-laws have been married for a really long time. I feel like they have a really strong relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that way, I felt like it very much resembled my family. So I, I clicked with that. Like and they I, seem I like just, a tight family. Too. Yeah. And I just got it. I will say, <coughs> I don't know if I necessarily felt like welcomed right away. Not mm-hmm. by my actual like parental in-laws. Sharon and Leah were super welcoming and I knew that they were happy Brian was with me. In fact, I will always remember my mother-in-law one time out of nowhere was just like, I'm really glad that Brian met you. That's awesome. And she was like picking up toys after the kids and I just looked at her shocked and she was just like, I, I just think we're really lucky that Brian met you. And I will always remember that because it was so validating in the moment. I don't right. even think we were engaged at the time. And I'm like, okay, good. Like, yeah. It's something feels, you worry about. You right. Know? Well, and I felt a connection to them. So I mm-hmm. wanted it to be, you know, mutual. Right. Um, but I, I always joke that my sister-in-law, his sister, 
always came off like she was like not about me. <laughs> and I know she listens to our podcast. Yeah. So Angela, I see you. Shout out to Angie. And I remember one time kind of like calling on her, calling it on her. And I was just like, Angie, do you like me? And I was kind of joking because at this point I was like, gosh, you better say yes. This is going to be awful if she yeah. says no. And she's like, yeah, why are you asking? I'm like, I don't know. Sometimes you just, like, have this look on your face. Like, you're not about me. And she's like, oh, no, that's just my face. Like, <laughs> um, I can see her. Yeah. No, that's just my face. Yeah, yeah. So she, that was, like, the only time I ever questioned. Yeah. Um, Brian's brother, I feel like, took a little bit of time to warm up to me. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I have a really good relationship with him now. And mostly, I would say, his wife was super welcoming to me like from onset because we were both super welcoming person yeah she is ashley's really social and like she'll you know make anybody feel welcome and so i feel like off the bat just with us both kind of having like been married into the family Mm -hmm. we clicked in that way because obviously you're not the kid like you're not their kid and i always joke and i know this probably isn't fair and maybe some in-laws maybe mine included wouldn't love it but i always say they don't they're always going to love their kid they don't have really an option but to love their kid Mm -hmm. they don't have to love me yeah yeah at the end of the day it's really a choice for them it is to love me and i feel like i'm lucky enough that i do feel that adopting your child if the yeah relationship is really there which we've thankfully both been able to experience yeah what about you and your in-laws so like your in-laws my no i'm just kidding mine are not (laughs) hailing from anywhere else but good old from sweden yeah good old kentucky um, but no, they are Southern as all get out. Uh, at some point, I believe that they probably never left the county. No, I'm just kidding. I, I, I love my in-laws. Uh, <laughs> but, but Courtney grew up. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, Courtney makes that joke, though. She, yeah. Um, so Courtney grew up in southeastern Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you don't know where that is, there's a little place called Moorhead where there is a university. And it is the biggest town near her town. Um, her town, the first time I visited it, was like literally one stoplight because I think the year prior they had like a tornado come through it. So it went from small, small to even smaller, but yeah. got new buildings in it, but it's still pretty small. Like the build- biggest building, I think, is a bank. I don't even know, but hey, it's <laughs> literally middle of nowhere, y'all. I got down there, and at the time we were dating, I think I had, uh, it was either Metro PCS or uh, T-Mobile, one of the two, but it switched to like an AT&T network because I got so far down there, like, it was just bad. Um, but no, her family consists of her mom and her dad, who have a pretty pretty great relationship. They've been together for, I think, 46 years, um, the week prior to us mm-hmm. recording this. Um, so it's been a long time. And um, she's got three, three siblings, <clears throat> her oldest sister, um, Christy, who's close to the 40. She's, her and her twin brother are both very young compared to her older siblings. Um, her next oldest sibling is Josh, who you met tonight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and Josh is in his 30s. I think you guys might be the same age. And then, um, of course, her twin you make brother, him Jared. sound so old, and then you're like, and you're probably you're the same probably age as him. You're probably old, too. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Um, but she's got the closest relationship, I would say, to, to Josh. Um, Christy and Jared both stick around home haven't ever really i mean jared left um for like college and stuff but decided that wasn't his his game so he's just mm-hmm. at home kind of like christy is and they help out with their mom so um i came into the family at an interesting time just <clears throat> through dating courtney and the fact that her mom i think one of my earliest experiences meeting them was 
well, no, it wasn't this. The biggest moment I remember in meeting them was her mom having breast cancer. Hmm. So we went and visited um, during her biggest procedure in that. And, uh, you know, they were all just very appreciative of me coming, mm-hmm. offering to drive her, because I guess, you know, Courtney's a bad driver. Um, <laughs> she's not a bad driver. She just never knows where she is. Um, but, no, it was just coming in during that hardship was interesting, but mm-hmm. also them still being welcoming. Um, I did not have a firm relationship with really any of her siblings until maybe, gosh, maybe two or three years after we dated. We've been together for almost eight years now, so... Um, but you guys have to keep in mind, she we met at NKU, so she was away from home majority of the time. The yeah. first time I met her family was, like, over a holiday. And let me tell y'all, so you talk about thinking you might not fit into this family. My wife is white. I was going to say, <laughs> in can the we South. call that out? <laughs> yeah, yeah, in the South. And, I mean, if you want to call Kentucky South, but... You know, but I think it's, it it's does feel dense south country. around like oh, Moorhead. They all act south, yeah. so it's definitely dense country down there. And uh, I remember at the time Courtney was an RA, and I remember we drove down together. She drove, she drove her car because my car was a piece of crap. And I was like, one, we ain't gonna break down in the middle of nowhere where there's no cell service, and two, we're just not gonna take my car because it just looks victim. So in that whole ride down, she's sitting there talking to me. She's like, "Hey, just so you know," and I'm, you know. I'm just like, okay, got to meet the parents. I yeah. got this. I like yeah. parents. Parents typically like me. All my friends' parents <laughs> like me. Like, I've never met a parent that didn't like me. Right. Um, and she's like, I think my dad might be a closet racist. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> what? What? No. And I'm sitting there in the passenger seat, y'all. And I kid you not, this is it's well before. So not funny. This but... is well before Get Out ever came out. <clears throat> and I tell people, I was like, I've created the premise for that movie. And someone was watching that day. But I swore I was not going to make it out of there. <laughs> And I'm thinking, I'm going through all this stuff in my head, like, we might have to break up. Like, I'm supposed to be sleeping there. Yeah. Like, it's not just like a, hey, I met you and we can leave <laughs> can, and be like, we can avoid this. this. Before we got in the yeah. car. <laughs> I was like, we can't avoid this. This is Thanksgiving and I am surrounded by your family oh, and no. we're going to be meeting your mom and dad Ooh. the first night there. So we get there, we come in. I think, I mean, they already had seen pictures and stuff of me, so it wasn't like any secret to them. Surprised. They weren't surprised. Yeah, um, good. And her dad usually drives in uh, on the on the weekends because he works in Louisville uh, all throughout the week versus because they wouldn't pay for his gas, but they'll pay for a hotel for him to stay there. Weird. He's, his, her parents are older anyway, so the driving back and forth for him wouldn't be good, but he works on big, uh, I always say like Komatsu type of machinery, like the big giant trucks and yeah. stuff that do construction work. Uh, he's a mechanic for those things. Okay. And he he's already there when we get there. Her mom's sitting there. I'll never forget this moment because he's flicking through the channels and they had a big sectional in their living room. And there's a, a love seat that I always sit in now, but Courtney's mom was sitting in it and Courtney was sitting on the floor looking at me. They were both kind of looking at me and she, her mom was braiding her hair. And I don't even know how the conversation started, but it was probably something like, so what do you do? Or blah, blah, blah. It wasn't like, what do you want with my daughter? Right. But he's sitting there. He's a very kind of soft-spoken man, but he has a very stern face. So I'm sitting there playing it cool, man. I'm playing it cool, watching him flip through these channels. I'm like, we're going to find something that we can talk about. And at some point, he flips on a Western movie. And y'all, I don't know (laughs) if it was a test or a godsend, but your boy here has a list of his top 60 movies. And in his top five is a Western. <laughs> so I was already prepared. My grandmother loved Western movies. We would watch Turner Classic oh Movie God. Network um, or or anything else that would have Western shows or whatever coming on. I was that kid who watched Basic Cable to watch Bat Masterson. Some of y'all probably don't even know who that is. Ask your parents, but I know. 
And so he gets up on somebody, and it's not a mainstream Western, like a tombstone or something. It's like almost black and white. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, you like so-and-so? And And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, let's talk talk about this. And before you know, we're talking about Western movies, and we're talking about other movies. At some point, we start talking about trucks. And I'm like, I don't even (laughs) want a truck, but I know enough about cars to hold a whole conversation about it. And before you knew it, we were talking. We were good. And I was like, Courtney, you had nothing to worry about. Your dad's not a closet racist. What are you talking about? But I say all that because that was the only time I ever thought that I would be welcome in this family. But, uh, but okay, in yeah, reverse, yeah, yeah. like, what did your family think about you dating Courtney? Oh, they weren't as, like, surprised. I think they put her through her paces like probably any other family that experiences this on, on like on my side of things. Just be like, you know. You're not a guest here. Go get it yourself. Like, yeah. not in a mean way, but right. I remember she'd always be afraid to, like... Um, so my rooms and my cousin's rooms were on the bottom half. It was, like, one big room that we had shared. Um, so there was no privacy whatsoever. So, um, But during that time, going upstairs is where the kitchen is. And anytime she wanted something to drink or whatever, I'd be like, just go get it yourself. You've been here a couple times. Like, that's the way all my friends got treated. You're not a guest. No one's going to get it for you. You go get it. It's yeah. just It's just it. And uh, she'd be like, mm, I'm scared of your mom. Like, what? Yeah. She's like, no, your mom intimidates me. Like, I think your mom really didn't like me. I was like, my mom likes you. She would tell me if she didn't like you, right. you wouldn't be welcome here if right. you didn't like you. But it's that tough love mentality. Yeah. Um, so she was fine. She fit right in. At one point, she made a joke because my uh, my younger, my cousin, the oldest one, uh, he went on a date with this girl. She happened to be white. And I guess her mom came to pick them up, and we happened to both be over there at some point in time. I guess I came up there for something. Um, it was a weekend, maybe. And she's like, what is this? I'm the only white girl in this family, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, you're funny. You've got jokes. Like, you think that you've dominated the family here, and you're the, you know, the only white person allowed in the family. But it's just funny. But my best friend's white. So yeah. he would come over, and it was just funny seeing that dynamic, because my grandma would, like, she treated him like one of her grandkids. So my best friend often came to our house during like cold winter months without a coat on. And that's a big no-no. Right. You're going to get sick. I don't want you sick around my house. You better go home and put a coat on before you come into my house. Mm-hmm. And Caleb would always show up and be like, Grandma left my coat at home. Can I still come in? She'd be like, nope. you got to go home and get a coat and then come back. It's like, you just put him back out in the cold. What are you talking about? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Or... Because my best friend, his birthday's in December, so he's always been like a year year and a half-ish behind me and everything. But he got his license before I did at 16. So me being 17 and a half and then 18 and a half, riding around with him was not the best idea. If y'all don't know about pastor's kids, they're usually bad. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but he had this little Chevy S10 that he would drive around before it was his mom's car. And I would be getting home at like... 10 minutes after my curfew, mm-hmm. five minutes after my curfew, like a minute to my curfew. I'm like, Caleb, I gotta get home. My mom said she will lock me out and she will lock me out. And there were a couple times that I went home with Caleb because I got locked out of the house yeah. and I did not have a key. I did. She, my mom changed the code on the garage at some point. She's dedicated to oh, it. Oh yeah. Cause it was like, Oh, once we had the garage code thing, I just come into the garage, but then she would lock the door that goes into the house to the yeah. garage. So I would just be in the garage sitting there until like, 2 a.m. and she'd open up the door and be like where you been i've been sitting in the garage for two and a half hours but uh no it was just because i was thinking about your uh, curfew story but yeah. caleb got me in so much trouble with that i'd be like caleb i have to be home you're driving we're 10 minutes from my house let's go buddy now were you you guys were the first to have kids on both of your sides yes yes okay so that's interesting too because mm-hmm. i know for me so i came into the quote-unquote family not when we were married but when we started dating mm-hmm 
there was already a kid. He, my nephew. Right, right, right. Was one. Mm-hmm. He was actually turning one. I remember this when Brian and I were like kind of like confirmed dating. Right. And Brian went home to like the party. And I remember Brian was like super casual about going home to the party. Like he didn't think that there was like a real time to it. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I kept like pushing him like you need to like ask your sister. I didn't even know his sister at the time. Oh, wow. He actually showed up when the party was ending. So like your girl was right. Like he should have found out the time. But I remember, and this is just a nod again to my sister-in-law and, like, why I was, like, she was a hard nut for me to crack. Mm -hmm. Um, She, I was very involved. Like, we would, they lived in um, Indianapolis because for a while, like, just with, like, their med school doctor program, I'm going to misspeak to it because I don't know the details, but they were there for something, Mm -hmm. maybe residency. (laughs) Right. I think it was residency, maybe. But that's when they had my nephew. And so we would always, because he was the first kid, so everybody was like, Yeah, Yeah. So, I mean, like, my in-laws, like, Brian's brother, us, we'd all go, I remember, almost every other weekend for a while to, like, see them in Indianapolis. And I didn't mind it because it was fun. But it made me super involved from, like, a very quick stage Yeah, it's not like you're just going to leave. <laughs> right. So I had a ton of pictures with them. I remember being in, like, all of the family stuff. And eventually, Ange looked at me and she said, hey, I decided to put you in the Shutterfly book, so you better stick around. Ooh. But if you don't, I'll just use a Sharpie and put an X over your face. That's cold. And I was like. Savage. A part of her was serious, <laughs> yeah. though. I was like, she's not playing. Yeah. Like, she will mark my face out. If oh, my gosh. This Can you imagine? Out. Who is that, Mom? Yeah. We don't talk about her. But I remember, like, being like, at least I turned a corner. Like, at least yeah. I made it into a printed shutterfly book. Exactly. But and you were told about it. Yeah. It wasn't just like, oh, there's a picture of you in here. And like, I should probably clarify, this didn't last for years. Like, it was maybe, like, a year max that Brian and I were together where I was like, I think she likes me but I don't right, know. Right. Um, but as soon as she did that, I was like, nah, I think I'm That's good. That's hilarious. For me, with my, I guess my in-laws, siblings, however you want to call my brother-in-laws, my <laughs> yeah, sister-in-law. Yeah. I hate the whole in-law thing, me y'all. Too. It's so confusing. I just want to call them by their first name. Exactly. My brothers and sisters. Let's talk <laughs> yeah. about that on my wife's side. Um, so I met um, Christy when I got down there. She lives in the trailer behind. Um, they live they live in a trailer, but it's like a finished home built off of a trailer. And you would never know. Like when the day they told me it was a trailer, I was like, "Y'all are playing! Like this ain't no trailer. Like there's steps that go up to another part of the house, yeah. but it's a trailer." Um, but they live behind there. She's always lived there, and she's really cool. Um, she is. Um, she worked as like correctional officer type of stuff. So there's a correctional facility in their small town, which is, I mean, again, y'all, it's middle of nowhere. You have to be, like, tough. To she's tough. Too. She's yeah. tough. Um, interesting dynamics, just because she, um, she got married to another woman during that time that me and Courtney were together. And I know for her in a small town and her parents, that has its own, mm-hmm. you know, brings mm-hmm. its own fruit with it. Um, but all in all, Christy was not a hard one to crack. Um, she always, she's the one who makes like the weird, definitely oversensitive black jokes. Not like in a bad place where it's like, Christy, that hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. But it's like, a, hey, I'm trying to be funny because you're my only black relative. Like <laughs> that kind of deal. Yeah. And I'm just like, Christy, you're wild. Um, and then my brother in law, Josh, his wife, Ashley, they have been together for probably six or seven, or married six or seven years by the time I met him. Courtney has the closest relationship with them, and they were the only ones that did not live in that town. So he taught um, in a school district a little bit in the interior of northern Kentucky, like where it starts to get country, mm-hmm. like near Falmouth and stuff mm-hmm, for those mm-hmm. fem- and listeners who know. 
um, and he taught at a high school there. Um, and then Ashley was really big into her photography. They did wedding. They both did the wedding photography on the weekend. She was like the lead shooter. He would help shoot with her. Um, and she went and did different jobs in between that. First time I met them, I was just really, it was weird. Cause they like, we, I remember going to their apartment and it was in now it's Fort Thomas or not Fort Mitchell. That's where mm-hmm. it was. And it's by the skyline, if anyone's familiar with that area. And I was just like, man, I didn't know they lived this close. Why have we never hung out with them? And we finally went there, and they had, like, all these board games. And when I tell y'all they had all these board games, they have shelves. Oh, like, wow. when they had the Rook in OTR, for our listeners yeah. who are from around here, it was, like, close competition. That was fun. Oh, yeah. Like, board games everywhere. And so there was board games that I'd never heard of that I started playing. I got really big in the board games and stuff like that. I don't like cards at all. Um, but I could play a good board game. I'm very competitive, so I can be a sour uh, sourpuss if I lose. Um, but we met them that night. It was really good hanging out with them. And then after that, I think the next time we really hung out was during like an escape room. And then we eventually got to a point where they are probably the closest ones that we're to with them. Like they recently moved to North Carolina. Now they're moving back um, for Josh to take his teaching position at a really like smart kid school. And uh, we lived with them for like six months after we got married while we shopped for a house. Like they, they don't have any kids or anything mm-hmm. like that, obviously, because we had the first ones. Um, but they were just really cool and, and, and helpful in us yeah. getting up off the ground. So obviously I don't have any siblings older than me. I'm the oldest of the twin. Yeah. So it's just me that's the oldest. So I didn't have anything that was like that where someone was like just a few paces ahead of us in life mm-hmm. to where they could tell us, oh, this is what you should do, this is what you shouldn't do we have disposable income so we could take you guys out to dinner or we can hang out or whatever. So it was just really cool to have that. And I know if I didn't have that, our relationship would probably look a little bit different. And I also think Courtney wouldn't have stayed up here because again, her summers pretty much every summer since she was, a well, every summer she was in college, she, she stayed up here. Yeah. Um, at some point it was with her brother, um, and sister-in-law, um, when she wasn't working, as an orientation leader because she was an orientation leader like the summer of her freshman year after she had went through her freshman year so I guess as a sophomore and then after that she worked at a place called Camp Joy pretty much for three summers straight and Mm -hmm. I never had to deal with the long distance piece which I really thought I was going to have to because she was a diehard I'm going back to a small town I'm going to teach in Pineville Kentucky because they have a great math program and I'm like no I'm not going to do that we had some hard conversations around that y'all uh, just because she's like, I hate the city. I hate Ohio. I'm never living in Ohio. And guess what? So do you, you feel like because of that, though, you have, like, I'll, for me, I feel like I have a really good relationship with, you know, my sister-in-laws. I say sister, you know. Well, yeah, yeah, my, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. The, one married, the actual sibling. Yes. Whatever. They're two women. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but I feel like I can confide in them now. Like, I have a relationship where yeah. even if, like, Brian is not around or like, you know, I could always call them. Right. Yeah. I feel like I could always call them and just be like, hey, this is what I'm going through. Like, what do you think? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I'm struggling with like this part of like momming. Like, what did you do? I feel like I very much have that relationship now. And I feel not everybody has that. No. And I, I love that I do. Like, I don't take that for granted at all. Do you feel like you're at that level, or do you I feel... I would say yes. If I needed to confide in them for anything, I would have no problem thinking twice. But, I mean, for sake... I mean, for crying out loud, they let us live with them and all this sort of stuff and helped us gather our down payment for our home mm-hmm. by paying them rent that they gave back to us. So, like, we spent a lot of time with them. And a lot of time, Courtney wasn't there when I was at the house, so... Um, they had just a simple two-story home, so a lot of this common area of the kitchen mm-hmm. 
we would see them. So it wasn't just like a, hey, and I go right, back downstairs. Right. So um, I spent plenty of time with them when she wasn't around. And that's when you really know. Like, if it's awkward, like, mm-hmm. you already know. Like, this ain't going to be cool. But, yeah, yeah. definitely cool. I would also say, and this is funny, but Brian says this all the time to me. I don't know if he's ever said it to his family. Um, so here we go. <laughs> but, um, no, for Brian always jokes that being with me has probably made him closer to his family. Not that he Mm. wasn't family-oriented. That was ingrained in him from a very young age. Again, I think that's very European in us. But it was more that I put a emphasis on going home Mm. to be with his family. Like, he would always, you know, talk to his mom or dad, like, over the phone, like, maybe check in once a week. But, like, I was was texting my mom daily. You Mm -hmm. know, we were talking. Like, I was going to Columbus. And I'm like, well, if we're going to go to Columbus, like, we should go to Louisville. Like, we should plan a trip. Mm -hmm. Um, And so he always joked that he feels like his family is, like, really lucky that he married me just because he's like, I'm around way more than I probably would have been if I was with anybody else. Like, I've I've incentivized that. I think think I'm in a similar spot because, I mean, there was a stretch there where Courtney didn't see her mom and dad for probably six months at a mm-hmm. time because it i mean during college it's not always like a free weekend right. and she worked as an ra she had responsibilities up here so it also wasn't like regular college breaks i can go home um and then of course once i started coming around the natural thing was i should be around mm-hmm. like i don't want it to be once a year you get to see the boyfriend like that right. i just feel like the, i wouldn't want my kid to do that right like i would like to have a relationship with this person but um, I mean, even now, it's one of those things where it's like, well, I'll check with Jay if he wants to come down. I have no problem with going down there. Yeah. I just want to make sure that we leave when we say we're going to leave. Because my wife got to a point when we were before we were married, she would pout about staying an extra day. Yeah. And in college, it's like, okay, I really don't have to, unless I really did have to work. But now as adults, I'm just like, yeah, we probably could swing it, but I ain't trying to be right, down there. An extra right. Day. I don't. I love y'all if you're listening, myself. but. Yeah. Um, I can only be in the middle of nowhere for so long. And the fact is, we only hang out at the house. Like, it's not like... Mm-hmm. I mean, we've gone shopping and stuff. We would drive to Lexington to go to a mall. Yeah, it's wild. And, like, during Christmas time to go shopping for stuff. And it's like, cool, I'm I'm driving. I will make the drive to Lexington with your mom and you in the back seat. And her dad went with us a couple times. Um, but it's just like, yep, I'll drive the truck. We'll go there. We'll do the walk around the mall thing and we've been here for three or four hours and we go back and the rest of the time we're down here we're just hanging out at the house because there just isn't things to do in a small town Mm -hmm. Um, especially when COVID hits y'all like (laughs) you just in 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 all the time so um, I'm sure she probably had her worries that I wouldn't want to be down there because it really would be boring to anyone else at one point I remember we were down there for Something I don't know if we were dating or if we were married at that point, but for like a week straight we were down there. I feel like two of the three days we watched nothing but Impractical Jokers on repeat. Yeah, <laughs> and you're like, like okay, ah. yeah. Thank goodness you have Wi-Fi. No, I totally get that. I think, too, you know, in-laws are just a different dynamic in the sense of it's a whole different family function. And I say this knowing now that I have a good relationship mm-hmm. just for our listeners with my in-laws, I still stand by it's a different dynamic. Mm-hmm. You are coming into a different family function. You are, again, married into the family. Right. You are hopefully loved, but don't necessarily always have to be. I personally think that it's easier to pin, like, the bad guy on the person who married into the family on either side. You know, I'm not just talking about my in-laws. I just think in general I see that play out a lot, Mm -hmm. where they're not going to necessarily assume that their kid's the one saying not to come home or whatever the example is. 
but oh, that must be coming from you yeah. know their spouse. Right. So I don't know if this has happened for you. I can speak to my own experience, but have you ever like had a hard conversation with your in-laws? Like, have you ever had to like lay down like some foundation? Because I know like, you know, my mm-hmm. mom obviously lives with us to watch Joelle uh, right now. I mean, not really. I mean, we've had plenty of, I guess you could say deep conversations. Like there are things that they know about me. I don't think that there's much that they don't. Um, but as far as like something that crossed the line or anything like that, either Courtney's communicated enough to where it's open and it gets mm-hmm. addressed in the moment, but I can't think of anything in history where it's like, okay, we need to talk. Except for when I like asked her dad if I could marry her. That was probably like the only like serious time where yeah. I was like, you might not say yes. I knew he was going to say yes, but yeah, that's the worst it got for me anyways. Well, I think Brian's been forced into a situation where he's had to be a little more vocal, like with mm-hmm. my parents. I feel like, again, we're lucky in the sense that my parents don't necessarily push those boundaries because they probably just naturally know what they are for us Mm -hmm. or, like, things that we want to handle as parents and don't necessarily want grandparents talking about, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, there's, like, an understanding between Brian and myself that if there's something that's bothering that either that person or us as a couple – It's really on the onus of the child to have the conversation with their parent. Gotcha. And I think that's been really key in having, like, again, like a healthy dynamic. Because I would never want Brian to approach my parents in a way that I knew they would either take offense to or, like, have a different opinion of him Mm -hmm. than who he really is. They're not going to do that with me because they know who I am. Right. You know, no matter what that relationship. Right. Mm -hmm. No matter what that relationship is with your son in law or your mother in law or whatever, there's always it's just different because Mm -hmm. you're not their their blood child. No, that makes sense. And so the same token goes, you know, with Brian's parents, like I feel like if Brian feels strongly about something, I'll be like, that's fine. But you're going to share that. Like, I'm not going to be the one to share that with your parents. Like, Mm -hmm. you're going to need to share that with your parents. So that's also been key, I think, for us in just, like, making sure to always maintain a super healthy relationship with, you know, our parents and our in-laws is just, again, like, being super open about who's going to handle that conversation if it's something that that makes sense and i totally forgot of something while you were talking there it wasn't me that's had to have a hard conversation it was actually courtney and it was a little bit different because it wasn't like directly to my mom or anything but before i state that i've got mad love for my in-laws and i count myself really fortunate to have the in-laws i have because Really, I haven't experienced anything with any family, um, even being a part of my best friend's adoptive family, to the point where it's like, even his aunts and uncles, like, no, I'm around. Mm-hmm. So it's not even just like their little immediate clan. Um, it's just been, it's just worked out. It's been a blessed situation. Um, but most recently, just with the babies, um, my family, I've never had to deal with it really for a long time because we haven't been homeowners for, homeowners for a long time. We didn't have an apartment or anything. So no one ever really came to our house. We always mm-hmm. went to my grandmother's house, which is my mom's house, um, or my aunt's house to go to something. Um, usually it's Sunday dinner and then we leave and it's whatever. Um, I don't think all of my family's ever even been in my home at one point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, but in most recent history, it came around seeing the babies and like people just coming around without any heads up. Oh, like just popping And in. stuff like that. So for her being, you know, Yeet. breastfeeding and stuff at different points in time, it just got to a point where it was just, it wasn't even like just annoying, but... 
um, there were a couple times in particular where we were having a conversation just maritally mm-hmm. um, and the family members stopped by and just to use the restroom because they couldn't use the restroom um, out and about the store near here and my mom wasn't home so they were like I don't really want to use a public restroom during COVID can I come by your house sure um, and popped in to say something to us and was asking us about if we were going to watch a game or something like that um, and Courtney just said you know hey I don't really like sports so I'm probably not going to watch it Jay might and I guess her tone got taken as, oh, you don't want me in your house, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. And really, we had just been talking about something really serious, and you were interrupting. <laughs> um, but just to avoid that misunderstanding in the future, just text us when you're on your way over. Right. Thankfully, my mother-in-law was here, was able to answer the door and, and let this person in. But um, I know that was a very awkward back and forth because that individual was a bit petty, and Courtney got a bit petty back and I was kind of caught in the middle right because I'm well, mitigating this oh yeah. yeah oh yeah and it's just like you know can we both be adults here like everybody loves each other this is a misunderstanding you clearly blown this out of proportion and it's it's just something that I hate to have to deal with and I don't know if if I could speak for any guys out there but I know I've always seen the dynamic from afar at least with some married friends um that are older than me where uh, let me see how I'm gonna say this it seems like their family maybe gets, like, the second shift of anything mm-hmm. once grandkids and stuff get involved. Um, one friend in particular is just like, yeah, we never go to my mom's house at all because she doesn't want to ever go over there. And it's not that it's anything really wrong. It's just it's not my preference. And my mom comes here. Yeah. So it's that kind of thing. And I, I started, say- that was my first taste of that with this disagreement. And I was like, I don't want that. I want yeah. us to equally be able to say, I'm cool with going to your family, cool with right. going to your family. Right. I don't want there to be, like, a... Uh, I didn't like how they said this or blah, blah, blah. Like, of course, right. if there's something and now, wrong. without even Sarah, knowing, like, is she going to make a decision just, like... Right. Is this yeah. now put a sour taste in your mouth and now I have to defend my family, mm-hmm. which is a place no one wants to be in, which I don't think it was the case. And right. we could handle it a hundred times the same way, but I just hate that people have to deal with that in a worse situation than what I had to deal with. Yeah. Well, and that's a real thing, though, for mm-hmm. a lot of people. And I think that's why I kind of touched on like we set that foundation fairly early I want to say it was within like our first six months of marriage I would there was maybe like an instance where I felt like it was a hard situation I'm like I'm not going to be in that situation Mm -hmm. that is like your conversation to be had like that is not for me to have um and I think like obviously Brian agreed and you know his parents are pretty respectful overall Mm -hmm. I think you know it goes back to what my when I was saying my grandma and the boundaries thing, the popping in, Mm -hmm. she never popped in. Right. And I always felt like that was so key. I don't even know if they necessarily had a conversation. I just think it was my grandma's, like, basic level of... That's just who she was. Yeah, like, even if I live five houses away, I'm going to give a heads up, like, hey, can I come over for a Well, that's how I was. My best friend would open the door and come into our house, which at that point in time, no one really cared, but... I was raised to knock. Yeah. Because <laughs> who knows what you might walk in on. Right. And, you know, that's just not how he was raised. Right. Yeah. Right. It's really interesting, isn't it? It is. Oh, my god. So gosh, based on your in-laws, then, would you say that it gives you more understanding of who Courtney is as a person? Yeah. There are a lot of things that I know she experienced because of... I know her family hasn't always been the way it is that I'm in it now. Now that I'm in it. Um, and have been in it for these... Gosh. Getting close to 10 years, which is pretty crazy to even yeah. say that I've known her that long. Um, but I know there's some things and some sp- particular things that come to mind that um, just had to deal with her family dynamics, whether it was like someone lost their cool, someone maybe drinking too much or whatever, and it made you just not want to be at home or whatever like that. 
Um, and I know that was hard to deal with because it made her not want to go home. And I know how much she missed home. Mm-hmm. So for something to not make you want to go home and you miss home already is just a very conflicting place to be. And I felt for her so much during our college years with that because I did get to go home to my family. Right. I did get to see my friends and stuff. And I mean, even when we were broken up and we kind of touched on this, how I didn't want to be her friend anymore. A lot of those things played into even talking to her again because it was like, you are genuinely up here by yourself aside from friends that you know in college and i mean her brother and sister-in-law were up here but it's not like they hung out all the time and you know they both had their own lives um until most recent history they did not talk nearly as much as we all do now mm-hmm. um it's just a lonely spot to be in yeah for sure i would say and i'd be interested to know what brian would say has <laughs> shaped me based on like his experience with my family and yeah. then obviously being married to me and knowing me so well when i look at brian i think um, there's definitely things in particular that I know his family has played a huge role in. I, I touched on the European thing. I think that really is like encompass, encompassing of both of our family cultures overall. Um, but I would say like from his mom, like there's really an emphasis on spending family time together. Mm-hmm. Like she sees a lot of value in having everybody in the same place and like hosting people. Right. And I think that's really special. Like I don't know if anybody would that's step how Courtney's up. Mom is like in that same way as she does Mm -hmm. um and so you know there's a lot of power behind that and just like getting everybody together and making it important um and sometimes you know if it's hard to say no to her because of that because you're (laughs) like well she really wants everybody here like who am i she's taking care of it to make it happen yeah and like who am i to say no like maybe we just drive the hour and 45 and we make it work Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so like in that way like that family oriented piece i think is super important um and shaped bry i would also say the way like he handles conflict which we touched on in a couple episodes Mm -hmm. back is definitely indicative i think more initially of like how his mom probably handled the conflict i think she according to brian right would Mm -hmm. maybe like shut down or something and just like kind of want to like process it by herself like go a little bit silent Brian actually used to do that a lot with me. Mm-hmm. And so I think that was just like what he was used to. Yeah. Um, not necessarily a bad thing, just, you know, no, how he. How it was. Yeah, how yeah. he grew up. But I think when it comes to like his dad, um, I think he gets a lot of his like work ethic from Leo, mm-hmm. my father in law. I feel like um, Brian just really takes a lot of pride in being able to do things around the house and has a lot of special memories of doing that with his dad. And of course, like, you know, at the time we all are like, oh, this is silly. Like, why do I have to help out on a Saturday in the garage? Mm -hmm. But now it's super important to him. And he feels like that family time is really important. Mm -hmm. Like his family used to have Saturday cleans. So like everybody had a job, you had to clean the house because you live here, you clean it. And so Brian wants to emulate that. Like, he wants to have us have, like, Saturday Saturday cleans. Like, before you do anything, you help clean the house. And it's, like, age-appropriate, right? Like, he remembers emptying a lot of trash, like, maybe dusting. But Hmm. it was, like, a thing. But now it's a fond memory because everybody was together and you just, like, were chipping in as a team. So I would say, like, I definitely see a lot of my father-in-law and my husband Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's just because they spent so much time together on baseball trips and, you know, doing kind of like their thing in the garage and around the house. Yeah. But, um, and I, you know, I think there's a lot of like patience that comes from Brian. And I think that actually probably comes from both of his parents mm-hmm. overall, as far as like patience with kids, patience with the relationships. Like, I feel like they're not quick to anger necessarily. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't, I don't think Brian is either. So no, that's a that's 
a, a good thing to notice, mm-hmm. I would say, because not everybody, I say, wears those things out like that. Um, I know for me personally, and you know, for Courtney, I'll say this and then get back to my other point. Um, I know she values family in a different way because of the relationship that she has with her family, but she also values time with family as like, we may not have this time forever. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of the things about when we were going to get married or when she wanted to be married by, when she wanted mm-hmm. to have kids by, all these things were predicated on my parents are all much older, like not far behind where your grandmother would have been in age, mm-hmm. which is not something you always think about. They have a 40-year-old daughter. So time with them to have grandkids and stuff is a little bit different than my mom, who oh. isn't quite as close to that in age, but still older. Um, so that was an interesting dynamic always, and I know the distance also hurts. Like she's, you know, she knows for a fact that she doesn't want to ever live more than three hours away from yeah. home because if anything were to happen i'm already you know behind right. the eight ball but i want to well, be able to lose, get there within a day you lose on that like day-to-day connection like yeah. no matter how connected you are to your family i can speak for myself even the fact that i don't live in the same city even mm-hmm. though they're with me so much still feels different yep. right like you can't really replicate that i think it, the same token is um along the lines of what you're saying my grandparents are much older than mm-hmm. a lot of grandparents that I knew growing up. And so it's so morbid, but I always lived with the reality of time with them should not be taken for granted. Yeah. Um, and I almost lived in like a, I don't want to say fear, but maybe a little bit yeah. as a kid. Like I was very ritualistic in the sense of like, I have to, like, say certain prayers and, like, let's make sure to pray for grandma and grandpa because if I don't, maybe something bad will happen. And I still carry that out a little bit today Mm -hmm. with family just because, I mean, I love them so much as a whole, not just my grandparents. Like, Mm -hmm. I still am very much like that with my my close family that I I feel like I'm just naturally leaning towards the morbid side because I always knew age was a factor. And, you know life is a factor mm-hmm. like it's not really age yeah. anything can nobody's, happen to nobody's anybody. promised right nobody's right promised but at the end of the day you hope that it's going to be due to age yeah. i guess and i had something similar to like uh, the unfortunate piece of my grandmother passing away when she did i remember i was working an orientation event for nku and i knew that i did not want to be at the hospital when she was gone i went and saw her i think two or three days or two days prior to that or the day before that um, before she like actually passed away, and I just remember her having like tubes and stuff all in her, and she tried to talk to me, but she wasn't she wasn't able to. Mm-hmm. And I truly just did not want that to be the last image in my head, although it was the last image in my head. And I remember that they FaceTimed me. Um, I mean, like just a short while before she was gone, just for like mm-hmm. a quick way to say goodbye. But I just couldn't do it because I obsessed for years over the fact that she could be gone one day, right. and she was my lifeline like Mm -hmm. if she was gone what would happen to us and she already did so much but i remember so many times and i know people do this with like their kids like i would go in and check in make sure she was breathing yeah probably a reason why i hung out in her room and watched movies as much as Mm -hmm. i did at the foot of her bed because i was concerned that then you're like do they know how much i love them have i communicated oh my gosh yeah like yeah she was genuinely my best friend but because i was so obsessed with her not only in my dependency of her Mm -hmm. but just for what she meant who she was um so yeah that was just crazy and then also thinking like i know courtney looking at my family and knowing the things that i've gone through she probably knows better than anyone that so much has happened in my life that i feel more battle hardened than the next person like there isn't much in life that will shake me yeah because of all the things i've seen early on i know that's not fair to her because there are some things that we will probably go through and i know 
one of them will at some point be like the passing of her parents is something mm-hmm. that'll probably be really hard for her and having already lost three or four people in my life and my immediate like immediate family early on I deal with grief in a very different way when it comes to like an immediate loved one than she ever will mm-hmm. and I you know I'm sure she'll listen to this episode but I do dread the day that that occurs because I want to make sure that I approach and go through that experience with her in the best right. way possible um, but I know oftentimes in any situation I usually don't that's probably why I'm so even keeled because I'm like it ain't as bad as I, Honestly, this is not the worst that I've been Jay, through you like, know what the worst thing for me is is I'm almost like too empathetic and I have a story that you're making me think of so when Brian lost his grandma mm-hmm. he was obviously very upset we actually found out when we were on vacation with my grandparents and my parents in Myrtle Beach and he got the call and we were in the room and obviously we were really emotional and really mm-hmm. upset and I was mostly emotional because I couldn't fix anything for Brian so right. I was just like sitting just in that emotion with him. Mm-hmm. There's nothing worse than a loved one that you like care for so much being in pain and you can't right. fix it. And so we have, you know, that kind of like coping and then we go to the funeral with all the Carlos and Georges and you know whatever <laughs> and um it was actually a really nice celebration of his mm-hmm. grandma's life. I mean, the food was phenomenal. My sugar count was way too high after <laughs> all the comfort carbs. In all that, right? Yeah, but like the family, t- it felt like a true celebration. Like I, I met mm-hmm. a lot of his family, like from New York. People traveled in from like Canada and really like wow. across just to like celebrate his grandma. And I remember at one point, I had stepped into his shoes so hard. That you would have thought that I was mourning my grandparents Mm -hmm. because I was able to put myself in that position where I'm like, this will eventually be me one day Mm -hmm. and my husband is dealing with this now and I can't fix it and there's nothing that I can do. So I was in like the church crying not cute crying guys like i am not a cute crier i'm actually a very ugly crier and i snot a lot yeah. that's full disclosure and i remember i think it was maybe my father-in-law coming up to me and being like are you okay and i'm like yeah i am and i'm like this is so embarrassing but honestly at the same token i still am embarrassed about it yeah but i'm also kind of proud that i'm able to like empathize with yeah. brian and people in general in that way but it was really embarrassing yeah. But, you know, whatever it is. You love them, right? Right. You're a part of that family. I think that's one of those things that validates that more than anything. Yeah. Let's hope. I'll take that as my takeaway. Thank you, Jay. Mm -hmm. I appreciate you for (laughs) saying that. Maybe I won't be as embarrassed next time I think about it. Because it's like, man, you genuinely cared. Um, Gosh, I just, you can go on and on about it. Yeah. Okay, so. Yeah, this is a heavy, heavy topic. And, I mean, gosh, we've been talking for a long time. Yeah. So we're going to hit you all with a, a, a part two. Yeah, so this, to be continued. Yeah, to be continued. So we'll follow up on this in another episode. Um, hopefully you guys have enjoyed listening to this one because I think it's something we should all really look about and think about is our family dynamics, where we come from, what's molded us, yeah. and then even more so if we have a significant other to be able to empathize with them. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more, but so much more to talk about in the next one. So... We hope that you enjoyed this sip. We Mm -hmm. hope it went down smooth, but we'll catch you next time. Indeed. I'm Jay. And this is Chris. We'll see you next time.